Am I the one asking questions? Seriously? Yeah, you're. <laughs> Why would this not be mentioned earlier than like five minutes ready? after we started? Because then you would have not shown up, obviously. I know, I would have been so prepared and now I'm Uh, I am Steve Teixeira, and I am the general manager for the partner app experience team in Windows. Tell us more about your team. Well, uh, what my team does is my team is responsible for the, the whole software ecosystem. Everybody that builds software that runs on top of Windows, uh, they usually work through our team. Uh, our team is kind of divided into a couple pieces. This is like facing your back. Yeah, it's my back. <laughs> it's divided into a couple pieces. Uh, there's a part of the team that works directly hand in hand with key partners. And what they do is uh, they think of themselves kind of like um, product managers by proxy for these partners. So we're not here to like do deals or anything like that. We're here to go to a partner and say, hey, you know, it'd be awesome if your product did this with Windows, then that would make your product great and that would uh, be good for Windows as well. So we feel like that's a win-win outcome. So we have part of the team that does that. Uh, we have a part of the team uh, represented by some of the gentlemen in the room. Uh, that works directly hands-on deep with our partners, both both depth partners that are like big big companies that we work with, as well as breadth partners, which are just individual developers around the world that want to do stuff on Windows. And then we have a part of the team represented by the lady in the room um, that's really about optimizing partner success on Windows. So when we've figured out what people should build and given them our recommendation, and then we like go deep with them and help them do it, and then once they get it into uh, state that's ready to ship, then we help them figure out was it successful? Was that a good thing for us to do or a bad thing for us to do? And then wash, rinse, repeat. What is the biggest challenge that your team is facing? Great uh, question. What's yeah. that? I love this question. That was a great question. question. The biggest challenge that the team is facing. Or the biggest opportunity. Uh, they're the same thing. You're not going to trick me with your, <laughs> like, just wording the same question in two different ways. I think I might. Uh, no. So uh, the, biggest, right. the biggest challenge that, the, that we face, I think, is um, we have this, like, long, I don't know, 25, 30-year-old history uh, of, of a product of Windows, and we have this ecosystem of partners that have come along with us over the years on that journey. And over that time, Everybody's gotten used to doing things in a certain way. Like, hey, this is the way we build software. This is the way we do Windows development. This is the way we call these APIs. This is the way we sell stuff to partners. This is the way we work together. And um, primarily driven by mobile and cloud, software and the way we build and sell and experience software has changed quite a bit. So helping both ourselves and our partner ecosystem kind of um, modernize and move from sort of how things have been working for 25, 30 years to how things are going to work in the future, um, that's a real challenge because it, it hits people at different times. For some partners, it's like, oh my gosh, it's right in front of them. And if they don't change, like, it's bad for their business. Right. And some partners, maybe they're five years away from that. So they don't think about it so much. So it's our job to kind of help them understand, like, hey, the, in five years, like, you're going to want to do this. Uh, and so, uh, so that's, that's a challenge. So with respect to, to the Windows ecosystem in particular, um, you talked about how we've done things a specific way and mm -hmm. for the last 25 years, and it's kind of morphed and evolved a little bit, but it hasn't fully pivoted. Yeah. How, how can we help our partners? I mean, more specifically, how can we help our partners do that? 
Yeah, I mean, because their systems are built up for that, right? Like from both a from a mental standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, from the skills that the developers have, they have that in place. Yeah, I think a big part of it is making sure we lead with um, the value that it creates for our partners, um, because too often, and you see this across different platform vendors, but too often the platform vendor says, "Okay, we've made this decision. Like, the new programming language that we support is like." Yes. Uh, J. And so everybody has to now use J. Or the new framework we support is uh, JBAR. So now everybody has to use the JBAR framework. And um, oftentimes those aren't founded in value, a value creation for partners. Oftentimes they're sort of internal goals that those platform vendors might have. And so they're, you know, they're affecting those internal goals through the ecosystem. And I think for us, our, our big challenge, and one of the things that I think our team does really well internally is helping internal people in Windows understand like, hey, by the way, as you're designing this component of Windows, keep in mind that this is how the partner ecosystem would think about, this is how a software developer in our ecosystem would think about that thing. And so you should have that in mind. You know, A, you should have that in mind when you're designing it. And B, you should set some goals for yourself about your success or failure that are relative to the developer ecosystem. Like, not just did people use it, but like, did they did they like it? Were they successful using it? Did it help them accomplish was their business valuable? goals? Was it valuable <laughs> to them? Exactly. And yeah. so by by kind of leading with value creation, it it just gets a lot of the like stuff out of the way where um, nobody wants to feel like a platform vendor is kind of pushing them or nudging them to do something. Everybody wants their platform vendor to say, "Hey, here's some stuff. It's optional to consume. You can keep doing things however mm -hmm. you've done them. But by the way, if you consume it, like." Here are the ways we think that that's great for your business and great for the products. So, can you list some of the examples of that? Oh man, you're, you're like you're precision Q and Aing me now. This is so hard. Um, I didn't prepare for this. More, yeah. more general. This is what's going on in my head all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is just, I'm just, I'm just right. being less let's, quiet. Let's get it out now. Let's do it. It's so hard. Okay, uh, let's see. So yes, uh, let me let take me, it over. Let me give you an example. <laughs> You're doing great. So an example might be um, like the desktop bridge. Oh, um, I like this. Where uh, one point of view of the desktop bridge is like uh, Microsoft is making you go run your app through this desktop app converter centennial thing and convert all your Win32 apps to this new format so that it can be deployed via the store. Um, so the wrong way to approach that, like let's take the absolute wrong end of the spectrum, which we're not doing, just to be clear yeah. to everybody. Sure. Uh, sure. We no longer support Win32. If you want your app to run on Windows, you have to go through this process to go wrap it with this technology because we think this technology is better and safer and blah, Like that would be totally the wrong way to do that. Sounds pretty offensive. Yeah. Uh, and so now if you dial back and say what is a value creation sort of way, which I, which I think we, we tried to do is Hey, um, if you're building a Win32 app, awesome. Thank you for, thank you for uh, being in our ecosystem. Uh, keep doing that if that's what works for, for you. But by the way, if you also want to go uh, and use the desktop app converter to do modern packaging for your Win32 app, um, well, uh, it allows you to show up in the store. It allows you to show up in private stores for business. Um, it uh, actually increases the, the um, reliability of your app because it's able to uh, run in more of a security envelope than it does otherwise. Um, you're able to use now new uh, uh, UWP APIs as part of your implementation. So you get all these things that are like things you couldn't otherwise get. 
Um, and some partners have looked at that and said, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great that's a great trade. I, I get to, I have to do this work and I get this value in exchange for this work. That's great. Some partners say, well, I'm not, I'm not ready. The value exchange isn't quite there, there for yet. me yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep adding stuff, adding new value so that eventually they'll go, yeah, okay. Like this, this works for me now. I'm ready to go do it. I love talking about engineering stuff. Yeah. It's what I would choose to talk about for the remainder of our time. But. But it would be be remiss of me to not talk about, you've talked about different ways that Microsoft has helped grow technology and help our developers with technology and kind of, you know, shift our perspective and make it really value add. Yeah. Um, What about on the business side of things? Can you talk about that? Yeah, the business side. So um, I I would start like in the beginning, uh, like when the earth was cooling and yeah, Windows, was, Windows was That's new. That's when Windows started. Yeah. Uh, there, app, the app, there wasn't really a, like, I don't know, there was an ecosystem, but it was like uh, sort of a every person for themselves sort of ecosystem. Wild like it was wild and good. Yeah, yeah. Everybody could come in, do whatever they want. And by the way, Windows decided not to have an application model. So every app you wanna put on the system, like you wanna be installed as administrator, awesome. You want some device drivers, sure, go crazy. You wanna load up with services, like start a bunch of startup, no big deal. You wanna put toolbars all over my web browser? Yes, of course you should do that. Like that was- So great extensibility as well. Yeah, great, yeah, great extensibility. (laughs) That's That's the last half half full way of of talking about that. And so that was one of the things that we tried to address with, you know, modernizing the platform, UWP is like, hey, there probably should be an app model. Like there probably should be a set of things that applications on the system should do. And there probably should be a set of things that aren't really application behaviors, they're system behaviors, and they need to be protected. Um, One of the things we found over time is that uh, when you talk about business challenges, like one of the business challenges we have in Windows is the, the consequence of not having an application model is you have application writers both, both good actors, like mostly good actors, 99.99% good actors in the ecosystem. You've got bad apples that are writing malware and stuff out there. Um, but even good actors, because there's no app model, like they could throw on DLLs, they could put stuff in System32, like they could do whatever. And I think that's a very natural developer thing, right? It is. I can do this, I should do this. Yes. Like look what I did, yes. and it's, it's awesome until it's aggregated That's across. right, yeah, that's fine. It's fine when you do it, and it's fine when I do it. Right. But then when Nicola does it, and Shen does it, it's actually a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm just so, trying to break things. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so th- that becomes a problem for us because then the customer experiences that gosh, my, my Windows machine, after a couple years, it seems to get a little slower. And gosh, that app that I used to find reliable, like, it doesn't seem quite as reliable as it used to be. Um, and this, like, thing that has this driver, like, it keeps, my screen keeps turning blue and having, like, words go across <laughs> the screen. I don't know what that is, but that seems very perplexing and, and a little bit unsettling. And uh, that has become a business challenge for us. And one of the reasons why we want to help the ecosystem move to a place that, uh, where our mutual customers uh, can feel can feel good about the fact that like, hey, the software that I install on my machine, it's never going to slow my machine down. It's never going to make my machine less viable, uh, less uh, reliable, and uh, it's it's the the surface the the attack surface area for malware is just much more constrained than it otherwise would be. Like that's. That kind of gets to both both a goal that we have internally, but also a, a value prop that we want to extend to both customers and partners is like, 
apps should be safe. Like that. That's you kind should of be important. able to rely on the fundamentals. Yeah, and it my, should be fast. It should not crash. There you and go. It should be secure. <laughs> and my mom is not a sophisticated computer user, and my mom should be able to like turn her computer on three years after she got it, and it should be like just as fast, just as reliable, just as safe on you know day whatever nine hundred of usage as it was on day zero of usage. Like so, that's that's a big part of what we've been trying to drive is to is to kind of make that a reality. Um, and then from the from the sort of developer standpoint, we've we face this challenge of yeah, we have this ecosystem that has very established practices for how software is developed and sold. We at the time of phone and Windows 8, we built this app store thing, and Xbox had had one as well and has one. Um, and so we found like, well, it seems like this this app store thing seems like a thing that people like. Um, one is it gives them a handy catalog and a place to get stuff. But two is it gives a platform vendor like us a place where we can um, we can have a known good place to point customers to and say, if you want the thing that's not going to mess up your machine and deploy malware, you should go to this place and you should get it from there. You want to download the thing that you actually want and not the thing that you want and five other things that you didn't know you were downloading? Yeah. That yeah, thing? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, I think that part is virtuous. Um, when we designed this App Store thing, we I think we did the natural thing, which is to be like, <laughs> what are other people doing? Like copy from copy from others' homework and say, oh, okay, well, other people are doing App Stores in this way. It seems, and the financial terms of their App Stores are they look like seem this. Smart. And we like to be smart. Yeah, they seem like smart people. Seems to be working. They're nice. Yeah. Uh, when I talk to them, they're friendly. Yeah. And. Uh, and so what we landed on is uh, similar terms. For example, a 30% rev share, uh, revenue share for when, uh, when I'm a developer, I put my app in the store, and that app gets sold. 30% uh, of that revenue goes to the platform vendor for offering the value of the store, and 70% goes back to the developer to you know, do other cool things. Um, and that model works pretty good for some scenarios. That model doesn't work for PC that we've come to learn. P again, PC has this old established way of, of working. And in the PC, people are like, well, you know, I just build an XE or I build an MSI and I like put it on the web and people download it and right. they run it and like that that's it then. This is literally how they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Since <laughs> since the earth was cooling. Yeah. And uh, but it does have these attributes of like, well when my mom goes there, like she doesn't know that, that MSI is like well written. She doesn't know that it's secure. She doesn't know that when she's you know, maybe trying to go get a copy of some software that she wants, that it's not some malware person has packaged their software they want, but actually attached another payload that's really bad. So, um, so we still have the, the, the property of like that old ecosystem and the way of deploying is bad. But on the other hand, when a developer says, well, okay, I want to opt into the new way of deployment, then they have to change business models and say, well, Wow, I've got like a business model that calls for a certain like I'm expecting certain margins when I sell, and I'm expecting to pay for certain things and not pay for other things. And you're presenting me with this kind of phone-centric model um, that in the PC, like I don't have this friction of getting to my customer. So basically, what are you giving me in exchange for the 30% that I'm giving you? That was that was a bunch of feedback that we got from developers, um, and and that gets to the crux of the change that we announced the build, which is. Well, um, like let's let's change the terms so that it's more valuable to you, um, where y it actually makes more sense for you to deploy via this modern mechanism. It actually maybe even is cheaper for you to deploy using this modern mechanism, and then you, 
developer win and you Windows and customer win because you know you can continue having a great business you can continue uh, or you can start having a one place where you can get software and feel really good about all the software you're putting on your machine and yeah everyone's a winner so I'll, I'll write you know I'll just kind of write it up I think I think the the, the change is pretty simple in model um, so let's talk about the what the what is um, we're gonna go from 30% off the top revenue share to 5%. And if you think about it, that includes like credit card processing or how, you know, payment instrument processing. It's not always credit card. Um, and it includes, you know, we're doing the hosting, we're doing the uh, um, distribution. We're distribution, we're yep. paying the CDN bill, we're doing the entitlement. So there's a lot that arguably you get for, for a pretty small revenue share. Um, for most companies, it's that's difficult like that's a competitive price compared to other things that they could be doing. And then there's another thing that um, developers, sort of modern developers have come to expect as a service, um, which is called customer acquisition. Um, and that is, well, um, when you, uh, through some marketing endeavor, bring me a customer, I can pay you for that lead. I can pay you for the fact that you brought me a customer. And that's a motion that you know, com software companies are used to making. And so what we've done is said, in the case where Microsoft um, acquires that customer for you through, you know, a campaign that we've run or from a spotlight in our store, something like something proactive that we've done to go win that customer on behalf of our partner, then it's another 10%. So a total, you know, this is a total of 5% and this is a total of 15% revenue share. Um, and that's that's kind of the basics of the what is just to change the change the equation for developers such that it makes more sense for them to to go do business through the store because it's more valuable, um, and we kind of get the revenue thing out of the way, which represented a lot of friction for PC. And I, I should mention, like, we limited this to apps on the PC because other ecosystems have different financial dynamics. So, uh, for example, this is not uh, this is not like. HoloLenses and Xboxes, and it's not the gaming ecosystem because those are different. Um, but for apps on PC, um, this is this is the model. And again, the why we talked about it, it's pretty simple. Um, devs get value. Like we want the store to be the best place for devs to distribute their Windows apps, and customers get value. We want customers to have one known good place um, where they can get software, put it on their machine, and know that that software is trusted and it's not going to do anything bad to their machine. So to sum it up, you're saying that by default, 5% rev share, and only when Microsoft can prove that we've added value is when that extra 10% comes into play. That's right. How do I opt into this? If I'm a developer, obviously more money is better than less money. That's right. 95% right. is better than 70%. Yes. How do I get this deal? Yeah, this is this is like the IQ test business model. Would you like more or less money? Check. Yeah. Here. yeah. Um, so this will become the new default. So you won't have to do anything as a developer if you have your app in the store. Once this rolls out, which right now is tentatively slated for later this calendar year, um, but once this rolls out, it will just automatically flip over to this new model. So if you have a 
uh, if you're in the store today with 30%, 70% terms, you'll just automatically roll into this thing, which will be five or 15%, depending on how the customer got to you and made that purchase. Um, and then uh, if, you're, if you're not in the store yet, when you, when you first come in and you, you know, come in through the front door and do the click-through yields and all that, like this is just the new default model that you'll have, assuming you're, you're doing a PC app. How long do you think this will last? Uh, this is the new model. Like this is this is what we're doing. This isn't like a you know limited time offer waiver prohibited act. Now this isn't that. This is like this is our new model for PC software that we think is the right model going forward for for everyone. Right, and I mean in some sense, like if you're already on this model, you could see that as fifteen percent coming back to to either reinvest in your application to build a better experience. That's for, right for the end user because essentially Microsoft is now working to get your app to its users because that's how you know we benefit more from a company but also they benefit as a developer and the consumer benefits too exactly. because they get the right level of app with the right you know experience and we're willing to put our money where our mouth is and say mm, yeah we think we can help you get more customers like and we're willing to say like you don't have to pay us if we don't like right. if if everyone that downloads your app is a referral from your own website great then you don't have to pay us this customer acquisition charge um, but what we hope and, and what we've experimented with with uh, a number of partners is like, hey, why don't you just use the Windows Store as the only place where customers on, on Windows 10 can get your app? Uh, you don't have to like maintain any infrastructure. You don't have to have any update thing in your software. Like We just do all that for you. Um, and uh, what, what uh, customers that have taken this path have found is like, the store is like as good or better than the thing I'm doing myself, so there's no reason for me to not do it. The financial terms make sense, so there's no reason for me to not do it. And so our hope is that more and more people just say, oh, Microsoft, like, yeah, you should, this is like, like, this is like writing my own compiler. Like, why would I do this? I would, <laughs> I would, I would definitely just use the work that somebody else did to build this infrastructure because, you know, whatever, I'm trying to write like, photo management software. Yeah. I don't want to spend my time on an update pipeline and all that. I don't want to spend a dev on that right. to, to do that. I want my devs writing photo management software and the right. more that like basic plumbing and infrastructure can just be done for me, like the better off I am. So what's the uh, call to action for developers now, just to close it off? Yeah, the call to action for developers is uh, right now just be aware. Um, we're gonna roll this out. Sounds like a warning. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say beware. I said be excited. Be aware. Yeah. Be, be excited. Uh, employ jazz hands. Uh, when this rolls out, again, there's nothing specifically that a developer has to do, but there are some choices that a developer gets to make about um, how much of my distribution do I now want to do via the store versus how much do I want to do on my website? Do I want to consolidate my channels? Do I want to make this one of many channels that I'm using? So there's sort of some thought process mm -hmm. about how to use this from a business standpoint, like there's no decision to make. It's just you automatically get the new good thing. Um, and then from a deployment standpoint, it's like, okay, how, you know, how, how does this work for me for how I want to deploy and how I want to reach my customers? I like, I like all the toys that you have in here. Check this out. We can do just a shot on each one of these. So I have, uh, I have these but it turns out it's mostly me. Actually, the best toy I keep to myself is this one. Try, try that one.